So is Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Skirmetti, am I even pronouncing that right? I don't know. And then Virginia Attorney General Jason Miaris, I am familiar with him, have filed this antitrust lawsuit against the NCAA today. The one thing, of course, to keep in mind is that inevitably some of this is always based upon the fact that they want you to know that they have, in the immortal words of our friend Melissa McCarthy from the Saturday Night Live skit. Lots of power. Yes. But there's also this fact. It's that we want to, as a state in Tennessee or as a Commonwealth of Virginia, make sure we protect our institution. So, yes, there is the political grandstanding element and reminding you that they would like to preserve lots of power. But there's also the other reality of it. And that is if your attorney general, Jason Miaris, going with the theme, of course, of the Melissa McCarthy Saturday Night Live skit that we always enjoy referencing here in the fast lane, that they want to make sure that the schools from the Virginia footprint, most notably Virginia Tech and Virginia, because they're the two best positioned for this, although I wouldn't discount Liberty financially at least, but brand-wise, it's Tech and UVA and then everybody else. And in terms of positioning yourself... When college football splits, Virginia Tech and Virginia are more likely to be part of that split than Liberty, I think is a better way to put it. Trey, that is a wonderful, diplomatic, but honest way to do that when the power i guess four now power two plus two i don't know what the heck you want to call it um when those when the big 12 acc as, as acc sec and the big 10 all want to split which is basically what's going to happen in the spirit of our friends at the roanoke blacksburg regional airport fly roa i'll be doing that by the way when i head up to a sports media conference in mid-march up in new york city wonderful to have that direct flight there from the roanoke blacksburg regional airport so i'll be flying up that way but let's let's look at college football in the airline industry standard right now you've got the sec and the big ten they are in first class Then you have the ACC and the Big 12. Right now, let's be clear, they are not in first class. They're They're, they're, in economy. They're in business class. Business, yeah, economy plus. Or what I like to refer to as poor man's first class, the exit row with the extra leg room, the extra elbow room, but not all the amenities of first class. It's not the back, but you're in an okay spot. And then everybody else in college football, the remnants of the Pac-12, all two of them, Washington State and Oregon State. Well, they're and now then, basically Mountain West schools or, or, or what WCC schools. Yes, uh, but those schools plus all the group of fives, and yes, that includes JMU, Liberty, Old Dominion, and others, they're in a coach class, regular class. So that's kind of the spirit of it. So Jason Miura is coming out with the comments today that he's joining Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Scarmetti in suing the NCAA, an antitrust lawsuit, alleging that the NCAA's restrictions on the ability of current and future student-athletes, I love that phrasing, of course, to negotiate and benefit from NIL, name, image, and likeness, violate federal antitrust law and are, quote, harmful to current and future student-athletes, end quote. Some of this is true and understandable. I get why Tennessee's doing it. They were the latest school yesterday to be investigated by the NCAA, or maybe it was Monday, it all blurs together. Along with Florida, Florida State, and others, when it comes to the idea... Okay, thank you. When it comes to the idea that they are using NIL as a pay-for-play, comical as this is, because let's not get it twisted here, Trey. Those are schools that are in trouble for it, but everybody is doing it. Because they want to keep up with the Joneses. 
And in their effort to do so, once again to use the theme of our friend Melissa McCarthy, they will... Will not be deterred. They will not. No doubt about it. They will continue to pursue those players that give them the best chance to win. And the NCAA is sniffing around and investigating. But here's the other thing on the political grandstanding part of Virginia Attorney General Jason Yaris. Why he is joining this antitrust lawsuit and spearheading it, let's be honest, he and the Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Scarmetti are the two that have their name attached to the initial antitrust lawsuit. I think some of it is also to position the schools out of the ACC to say, we want to have a seat whenever this breakoff happens. And it's less the idea of the Big Ten and the SEC breaking away. And it's more the idea of the biggest brands that want to play this style of sports want to be able to be included in, I laugh at this phrase sometimes, but, quote, have a seat at the table, end quote. And you're announcing that by joining in on this and advocating for it and allowing the schools to say, hey, our attorney general is forward thinking. This is what we want. So players can vouch for us, which it's all business decisions anyway. But other conferences can take us seriously or other entities whenever that happens. And by the way, we're going to discuss this with Brett Friedlander of SaturdayRoad.com around 520 today. But curious to get his perspective on this. Because part of my theory by and large has been that everyone thinks it's going to be the SEC and the Big Ten. But I know you kind of alluded to this a moment ago, Trey, but I'm kind of in this camp as well. And that's the Sports Business Journal report that came out a few months ago. And the idea that the NFL has been speaking with the biggest brands, 50 or so of them, in college football. About the idea of breaking off. And then, of course, you get the news now that the NFL is looking at potentially acquiring some kind of interest, maybe even the entire interest, in Disney's ESPN property. So in ESPN, which opens the door to a network that can carry these games, but somebody else can be in charge of the football property. So while the NFL can have an obvious financial stake and benefit from a spot to groom coaches and players, they don't have to adhere to any of the legalities that might pop up when things go awry. They can consult someone else on how to own and operate the league, provide all their resources, use it for its benefit without taking on the liability. You know, it's kind of like a friends with benefits as opposed to getting married. Probably not the best analogy, but let's ride with that for a second as well. The friends with benefit analogy. Oh, you can have all the fun, but you don't make the commitment quite. So if things go awry, you have an easy way to slide out of this situation or at least absolve yourself of any responsibility. That is the truth of the matter. Speaking of absolving yourself of responsibility, sadly in this world, Trey, There are people that look to absolve themselves of responsibility when they are in an auto accident. You've heard it before from the great messages of our friends at TrostLaw.com, Randy Trost and the Trost Law Group, and why it's wise to have uninsured motorist insurance. Now, to do that, you need an insurance carrier and provider and an insurance consultant that can make sure that is, in fact, part of your coverage. And that's why it's worth shopping with Gardner Insurance Solutions. It's not going to be the cheapest policy that you find there, but it'll be the best one, the most comprehensive, that takes care of those unexpected things that could pop up in your life. And it's why it's worth your time to call Gardner Insurance Solutions. But to the point we were talking about when it comes to college athletics right now and the direction things are going, look, it's clear, as Brett McMurphy noted when he joined us, in the fast lane um, a few months ago, back in May or June of 2023, that there's an obvious pecking order when it comes to college athletics. There's a pecking order. And if you're near the bottom of that pecking order, again, you're not as attractive to other conferences. You're not worth as much. Um, your brand name is not worth as much. 
your brand name's not worth as much. It's a pecking order, clearly, when it comes to the direction of those conferences. And that's why Brett McMurphy was willing to elaborate even further and mentioning that, hey, if you're a Virginia school, at least there's a level of confidence that you're desired by bigger properties, in this case, the SEC and the Big Ten, but in the ones we've discussed as well, a potential break off of all these brands to form some kind of college football league, CFL in American parlance, they could operate separately and basically be the default minor league of the NFL. The great news for Virginia and Virginia Tech is the Big Ten and the SEC would probably have an interest in either one or both um, because, again, it's a state that neither conference is currently located in. The same with North Carolina and North Carolina State. That was Brett Murphy a few months ago on how the Virginia schools can be attractive to other properties. And don't look at it as a win-loss thing. More on that later. And look at it as more of a brand thing. But it's making sense of this lawsuit that Jason Miar as the Virginia Attorney General helped jumpstart an antitrust lawsuit against the NCAA. That, though, is not the only discussion topic worth discussing. We have more to cover right now in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Conference USA, they are set to release their football schedule tomorrow at noon. Obviously, the things that will catch my attention from a Liberty Flames perspective, and we'll get into this more when it's actually released, but how does the midweek on the mountain schedule look when we get into October? And it's going to be back as leaders of Conference USA have indicated. Also, the Flames. Where do they open? What does their opening slate look like? And frankly, what does their November look like? And I know I'm covering all three months, but the end part is I'm always curious if they have a home or a road game the week of the Virginia Tech or UVA game. And I know Liberty finished on the road last year. Honestly, from a media standpoint, it's probably better to do it that way and gain the attention of more overall home games in November, especially as a Liberty program that is well positioned to have, not all the time, but often a home game in December with the Conference USA football tournament. Number four. Or to be more correct, the Conference USA football championship game. Since it's not a tournament, it is a one-game scenario. Basketball this evening. Virginia is on the hardwood. We know Virginia Tech played and lost to Duke on Monday night. Virginia, 7 o'clock tonight against Notre Dame. An obvious bounce-back spot, but credit to our friend Kenny Kenny White, pro-handicapper for CBSSports.com and CBS Sports HQ, on his analysis. He thinks Virginia wins this comfortably, but in an extremely low-scoring contest that Virginia controls in a way that was similar to that NC State-Virginia game a couple of weeks ago. I have a tough time getting to that low of a point total, but Virginia's clearly been comfortable at this pace, and Notre Dame, as the season wears along, almost by default, to have a chance, needs to keep it lower scoring and fewer possessions as well. Number three. Speaking of basketball and low-quality basketball at that, defending MVP Joel Embiid collapsed late in a Sixers loss to the Warriors last night, clutching his knee. It is a depressing sequence of events for a player who once again has been befallen by injuries. Um, Here's the thing. Embiid is a cautionary tale about the value of fitness, and yes, players can be injured, but they can also go above and beyond doing what it takes to preserve your body. And when you are a professional athlete, if you truly care about winning, Embiid will cry after losses, but doesn't do all the things he's supposed to do to prepare himself for the postseason. This is the type of outcome that you get. Yes, Trey, we can debate this more in the coming months because they'll be in the postseason in Philadelphia, but their outlook is murky at best, as at least you know from my perspective. 
number two. I don't think you've quite had another Foul Ball Area podcast, Trey, yet since this news dropped, but John Angelos and the rest of their family agreeing to sell the Baltimore Orioles to David Rubenstein and Mike Arrighetti for $1.725 billion, according to John Arand of Puck, formerly of Sports Business Journal. Um, 40% of the purchase takes place now, the rest following D'Angelo's death. Uh, From an outside-in perspective, it looks like this has been a real contentious family ownership in the prior years with people jockeying for position in terms of who has control when Peter Angelos passes away. Uh, I at least applaud the Orioles and, and John Angelos and the family for coming to this resolution, which makes it much more well noted. And number one on the Fast Five at five-ish. And then there were one. One team left with a head coach opening in the NFL. They are the Washington Commanders, at least as of five minutes ago, and not filled their void. Mike McDonald of the Baltimore Ravens, he will not be going there because he is going to be the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Good hire by all accounts. Uh, I'm a little surprised. A lot of indications where Seattle was looking to go offense, but hey, they go with somebody defensively kind of wonder if the commanders might even be looking to reopen the discussion on a guy like Mike Vrabel or Bill Belichick now that they have time to parse the waters and not have anybody with whom they're competing as their next head coach. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. More on the NFL with Kevin Harlan. He'll broadcast the Super Bowl. That's around 540. But when we return, Brett Friedlander of Saturday Road on the ACC.